0: a production of word south, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers.
1: How can your cooperative handle voting online for your annual meeting? That's what we'll be talking about on this episode of Story Connected Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Johns, and I'm joined today by Andy Neidert, who is the co-founder and managing partner of Arc Media, and now the vice president of business development and strategy at Pioneer Utility Resources. Andy, thanks for joining me.
0: Well, thanks for having me.
1: You guys are over there in Missouri, um, working uh, with the electric uh, cooperatives. Um, in sounds like Missouri, Oklahoma, Ohio, uh, all over the place. If, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about uh, about Arc Media.
0: Sure, um, I'll try try to keep this as condensed as possible. But essentially, uh, my my first gig out of college was working for my father, who was working with a couple of statewide associations of co-ops. Um, he was helping them do uh, statewide radio buys, writing some press releases, um, working on some you know legislative affair topics and how to communicate best with the members. Um, and I'd say um, close to six years ago, Barry Hart, who was the statewide association CEO in Missouri, approached myself about being able to communicate uh, a little bit quicker, being more nimble with communications when things did happen that they needed to communicate to members at the end of the line, um, how could we best use digital platforms to do so? And so we kind of regrouped a little bit and reeled in and came back to Barry with the idea of managing his statewide association social media platforms and then that kind of branched out relatively quickly to working with his member cooperatives in the state of Missouri. And, you know, we we were a two man shop. It was my father and myself and we realized quickly that we needed to bring in the, the expert on social media. And we did that. Gus Wagner um, joined as, as a partner and we kind of quickly grew to 20 people um, and working in 16 states and and serving electric cooperatives. I think roughly 150 electric cooperatives at this point. Um, something really exciting that we did was uh, we started hiring um, overseas military spouses. Melissa Partner or Melissa Shaw had become a partner with us, and she is a military spouse, and she kind of brought up the idea of. Hiring military spouses that grew up in small town America that were communicators to monitor social media feeds for our electric co op clients. And you know, one of them was in South Korea, for instance, on a military base, and she could monitor these platforms her all day, which was our all night. So we introduced a 24 hour a day, seven day a week program where we knew what members were saying, what members were interested in, and what they were talking about on social media. Um, and so anyways, long story short, we, we ended up with a staff of roughly 20, and Pioneer Utility Resources approached us, oh, I'd say about six months ago, about combining forces, and they actually acquired ArcMedia. ArcMedia will still go on um, like it always has, but now we have the resources of a little bit larger outfit that had been in the co-op world for 50 plus years. And maybe the coolest thing about that is that the that Media is now a co-op serving co-ops. So uh, that's kind of the, the short story. I hope, hope that yeah. makes sense.
1: No, that's great. And I had heard that story before about the military spouses and as such a good idea and for, for so many different reasons. Um, but I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I love that. Love that story. Love that idea.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, if, if nothing else, they, they our, our people overseas are great. Um, they, they provide something that I think is pretty unique. And at the end of the day, you know, I know that we're all proud to be able to hire military spouses. And we think it's important. And, and for a long time, they, they had a hard time keeping a job because they might move from base to base. And now they can have a laptop and a cell phone provided by us and work for a utility in the middle of Wyoming, you know been
1: great very cool so you guys had had with social media you guys had kind of carved out a a niche of being digital experts um for the electric co-op industry which is kind of where this this tool came from that i wanted to discuss on this podcast because i think right now um Yeah, I I don't know if you want to take credit for for seeing all of this coming uh, with the world that we're living in right now, but you guys had a tool ready to deploy that's really helping cooperatives um, uh, when it comes to voting at their annual meetings on a virtual basis.
0: Yeah, so um, no, I don't want to take credit for our current COVID circumstance, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know I, I feel like i need to give some credit where credit is due and really um, the the now ceo in missouri caleb jones was the one he he surveyed his managers and and we're based in missouri so we have a tight relationship there and i that's the, with
1: the the statewide association
0: that's correct he he's the new ceo at the missouri statewide association and you know, I've always felt it was important to more than try and take a product to our clients to keep our ears open and understand what what do the co-ops need as far as communications and digital platforms. And it was Caleb Jones that came and said, hey, we surveyed our managers and there's some interest in at some point, you know, maybe not this year or next, but at some state, we're going to have to be able to offer members at the end of the line, the ability to go online and place their vote, whether it be for a director election or a bylaw change. Um, you know, we, we've got members that you know might be handicapped and might not be able to make it to the annual meeting, but but need to have the ability to vote. So sure, that was that was October of last year, and we we worked pretty hard. We, you know, we obviously wanted to make sure the kinks were worked out. We had a product, I'd say January we worked again with the statewide association in Missouri to run some trials and tests and figure out, you know, where we needed to add or what we needed to change. And so that's kind of where it all came about. And then the whole COVID thing happened and um, interest obviously kind of ballooned. So we're we're, we're excited. We we have a handful of co-ops. In fact, the first co-op that is going to use the tool um, will go live on June 1st. So we're just a few days away from um, the portal being used and, and live for the first time.
1: Excellent. I'm sure um, it'll be great to see the, that um, take flight um, when, when that gets going. Talk, talk, to, talk us through how it works a little bit. So it's a portal um, that folks are accessing online, right?
0: Yeah, so I'm um, a co-op. That decides that they want to offer this to their members would we'll get a unique URL, um, and you know it could be it's uh, recvotingportal.com forward slash whatever your co-op is. Okay, and and they and then it, it would be branded to the co-op that that is using it. So if it was uh, Webster Electric, um, you know it would have Webster Electric's brand associated with it, and. And then we would work with the co-op to do a little bit of promoting digitally, you know, mainly through social platforms because people tend to click a link that is available to them, you know, more often than actually typing that link in that might come in the paper mail. But we also put the link on the co-op's website so a member has access to it there. Um, And then it's really up to the co-op to to kind of outline what they see as their calendar. So I would say the typical scenario would be that 45 days prior or maybe 40 days prior to an annual meeting, we would take the portal live and do some promoting of it. The co-op at that point would have uploaded their uh, their member number information to us. Um, so that we could have that information in the portal, um, the portal would be live to vote up until the co-op said, "Okay, we would like to shut it down." So, um, you know, for instance, the the portal could be live for 30 days, and at that uh, during that 30-day time frame, any member could go out and place their votes. That information would all be kept and secured, and then. We would shut the portal down when the co-op told us, "Okay, we'd like to turn it off. And a few days later, the annual meeting would be held and the co-op would have the voting portal information to combine with their actual in-person votes. And then something else I should probably mention is that the portal does offer the option, if you were to go online and log in, your first option is to go ahead and place your vote for director or bylaw change or whatever it might be. And you would navigate to that. The other option is to receive a paper ballot. So we also are for, for members that aren't comfortable voting online, but can't go to the annual meeting, they can request a paper ballot and it would be mailed out to them. It's at the co-op's discretion, whether, you know, it's postage paid to come back, Um, I would say in most cases it would be, um, but they would then receive a ballot. It would come back, it would be hands off from the co-op, and we would then input those votes into the system. So the co-op would have all of the information at the annual meeting.
1: Excellent. And now the original way that it was set up, there was also, the system would also interface with in-person voting. Obviously right now with, um, what folks are looking at with um, the possibility of virtual meetings or, um, you know, changing things up because of the coronavirus. Um, is different. But originally, the way it was set up is it would interface with live day of the meeting voting as well.
0: That's correct. And, you know, I think that's probably where, where we end up. Um, but Chris Masman, who is the member services director at the statewide association, worked with us, uh, Statewide Association of Missouri. I'm sorry. He he worked with us, and we put um, an iPad, kind of an app, together that was working in coordination with this portal. So, uh, to go back on that time frame, if you did choose to use the iPads, um, you would have a online voting portal open for 30 days or however many days you chose. We would shut that portal down. The portal would be talking to the iPads the whole time. You could, if you wished. Have one iPad in your office, so um, in the lobby of a co-op, a member could come in during during that time frame, and they could place their vote. Um, Again, uh, iPads and portal are talking to each other, right? And then you could take the iPads, which um, you know, depending on the size of your co-op, some co-ops would need three, some co-ops might need ten. You could take those iPads to your annual meeting. And once the voting was done on the iPad, essentially in real time, you would know the results of whatever your members were voting on.
1: Perfect. I hadn't thought about that in the lobby, but to have it for that 45 day window out there where anybody who's coming in there could vote, um, that'd be a great option for, for a lot of folks. It's a cool idea. Sure.
0: And that kind of, that kind of got shut down when, when lobbies were shutting down because of COVID. But you know, i, I I like to think positive and I think at some point we'll be past that and people, the lobbies will be open. And when people come in to pay their bill, you know, if if they wanted to, they'd have the option to walk over to an iPad and take two minutes and log in and and make their vote.
1: Sure. Now, understanding that this is too, um, you know, marketing communication guys talking and we could get over our heads pretty quick um, on the technical side of things. But this is obviously more secure than just, you know, some anonymous uh, Facebook poll or something. I mean, y'all are doing quite a few things there to verify who the folks are and and make sure that everything is is clear and traceable and and all above board for the co-ops and and everything.
0: Sure. So, you know we we talked to a lot of co-op managers as we went through the process of, of building out the portal and that was probably it without a doubt that rose to the top of hey this is important sure so it kind of boiled down to um, what we're doing is the the information is encrypted when we receive it and stays encrypted and then um, you, you're verified as a member in three ways to get into the portal. And those three ways can change. If a co-op manager asks for four ways, we can do that. Um, or ask for a different question for verification. You know, we can do that as well. No two co-ops that we work for are alike. So we make a lot of changes on the fly. But the way it's set up now is a uh, member's last name, um, their actual house number, so their address number, and then their member number. So they provide those three pieces of information in their email address. And then we send them, when they click uh, I want to vote, we send them an email, and they get a verification code in the email, and they plug the verification code in, not unlike most, uh, you know, most things that you sign up for online. Um, At that point, they put that verification code in and they are able to place their vote or request a paper ballot either or if they request the paper ballot, we have their address. So we're only going to send that paper ballot to the address that's associated with that member number. Um, They go ahead and place a vote. Then um, the voting information is uploaded and meshed um, right alongside with the member information that we have. Um, so that the co-op, you know, will know here's here's how many here's how many votes were made for who, and uh, and we kind of move on down the road. And then when we're done with the whole process, um, uh, that that member number and name that we received from the co-op is obviously deleted from our system. And if the co-op chooses to use the portal again next year, they would send us new information. Um, for two reasons. Number one, uh, you know, we don't need to hold, we, we have no interest in holding that information Sure. and we would need, you know, an updated member list because those things change. So.
1: Right. But I imagine too, this may be a way, I know we're always working with the folks and um, the electric and the telecom industries that we work with on getting more active email addresses from folks that so they could use for communications and, and other things. I guess in a lot of cases, Um, the electric's already, or the cooperative is already going to have the email address, but, um, this may be another tool to help collect email addresses that they could use for marketing communications later on.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting topic you touched on, Andy. Um, I, I, I agree. Um, but you know, I think it's something that we, we like to communicate back to the cooperative that is our client. Hey, if you do want to collect those email addresses and use them for some future use, we're going to put on the portal, "Hey, uh, do you mind if we contact you at a later date via yes. the email address?" And um, if if they don't, then we could use that and we could provide that information back to the co-op. And in some cases, um, and I understand that a co-op manager is leery and wants to protect their members at the end of the line and doesn't want to communicate with them in a way that they don't wish and we could just leave that option off and For those sure. email addresses are just simply used to verify the person and then they're deleted when we're finished with them so yeah you know that option is on the table and it's obviously not on the table if that co-op is not interested but sure uh, it, it kind of you know, we, I think we could talk for days about all the options that could be added to the portal, and, and the answer would be yes to all of them. But I feel like, too, we probably ought to, like, you know, walk before we run a little bit, get the sure. member comfortable going to a website and placing a vote, and then, you know, explore what other things we could do here.
1: Yeah, seemed like there would be a a lot of opportunities, but and it's good that you guys can customize it on a case-by-case basis for sure.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, there are a lot of co-ops that find themselves um, looking ahead at the rest of 2020 and even into 2021 with a lot of uncertainty. And when it comes to annual meetings and voting, uh, all of these things, uh, they're having to sort out. Taking a step back, looking at the bigger picture, what advice would you have for... um, for the managers or uh, the communications folks at those uh, cooperatives that are, are struggling with what to do and trying to figure out what the right answer might be for their annual meeting this year?
0: Sure. Um, you know, I think in, in 2020, there are some tools at our fingertips that we sometimes overlook. Uh, we, we get really comfortable with mailing surveys to our members. and. My fear really is that when we mail those surveys, we're going to get, um, information and data back from members that are most interested in getting paper mail. And we still have those members. They're still out there. There's no doubt about it, but there's also a segment of the membership, which I believe is growing that exists digitally. Um, you know, I pay my bills online. I would bet that you do as well. And, and you're going to reach me a whole lot more effectively digitally or on social media for sure. And Things like Facebook, I would encourage a co-op to use a Facebook survey and ask the members on their Facebook page, Hey, would would you be interested in online voting at your co-op? If so, you know, how, how would you see that working most effective? And you could ask, you know, you could ask two or three questions before you lose their interest. And, you know, I think it might be interesting what you find that members might come back and say, Hey, I I would love to be able to go to an online voting portal and place my vote because our service territory is not dense. Our, you know, we're, we're in Wyoming or we're in the Dakotas and it's a two hour drive for me to get to the annual meeting. Right. That's that's difficult. Or the annual meeting is when I'm at work and I don't want to take off work. Um, you know, or like I mentioned before, um, I'm, I'm handicapped. And it's, it's tough for me to get somewhere physically, but I'd love to place a vote for my co-op. So I think the co-ops ought to use those digital tools. You know, If they have a Facebook page, it's, a go, it's an easy go-to. Go survey your members on, on your Facebook page. Um, put something on your website. You know, The traffic on these co-ops websites it, it it fluctuates, but when it's time to pay the bill, a lot of those digital livers, they go pay their bill on the co-op website. Put a little blur, put a little survey on your website saying, hey, would you be interested in placing your annual meeting vote online? Um, and, and I think you'll find out real quick whether there's interest or not.
1: Absolutely. Sometimes the best way to find something out about folks is just to ask them. We did a, a webinar last week about marketing segmentation. And one of the things that we told people to do, you know, you can buy all sorts of data layers and everything from data vendors or, you know, get <clears throat> get into um, on the broadband side, a lot of network data and all that. But anybody, uh, even if you're not going to spend the money on the data, you can always just ask, you know, put a survey out or an email out or social media question out. Just ask people um, you know, what they want or how they're using the system, that sort of thing. and And you'd be surprised what you can find out just with something simple like that.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I also think, you know, if, if you were moving forward with an in-person annual meeting later in 2020, um, I don't think there would be anything wrong with asking your members that were at your meeting. would How many of you would would participate in an online voting portal?
1: Absolutely. So the last thing for you right now, if somebody's listening, uh, you guys have worked exclusively on the electric side of things, but if, um, correct. So this, this tool is available for the electric folks right now, but, um, leaving the door open that if somebody has a telecommunications cooperative that needs to vote, then maybe it will work for them as well.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. I think the, the nature of our business to this point, outside of speaking at a few, uh, tel- telecommunications conferences, um, has been electric cooperatives, but, um, we could cater this to really any co-op that had a membership vote and, and we would love to do so.
1: Excellent. Great. Well, if anybody was listening and they have, um, you know, they, they have more questions for you. Um, it's uh, reach the arc.com is the web address, correct?
0: That's, that's correct. Uh, you know, we, we would have loved to have been able to buy arcmedia.com, but someone out in the, in the web world already stole it from us So we are reach the arc.com r-e-a-c-h-t-h-e-a-r-c.com
1: excellent well i appreciate the help thank you for joining me andy
0: hey i i appreciate you asking me and uh i can't thank you enough We're excited about getting the word out about the portal
1: Excellent. He is Andy Neidert. He is the co-founder and managing partner of Arc Media and now the Vice President of Business Development and Strategy at Pioneer Utility Resources. I'm your host Andy Johns with Word South, and until we talk again, keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect the Podcast, a production of Word South, a
0: content marketing company.